Hello, and welcome to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online from realghoststoriesonline.com. My name is Tony Bruschi. Thank you for joining us. On today's show, we have a letter from someone who was working on a paranormal investigation show last year and had a little bit of weird stuff going on as they were uh, working on the production of the show. Now, of course, it's a paranormal investigation show. Things always happen on those shows, don't they? Well, most of it, uh, not so much. Yes, Travel Channel would have you believe otherwise. But reality, not so much. So when something does happen, it is kind of stand out to those crews. And we will uh, hear that story on today's show. Also, some good ghost story callers. And I want to talk about a cemetery uh, that uh, is kind of taking, uh, I think, a cemetery etiquette to a new level, if you will. I think it's kind of cool. I'm curious as to what you think about it. We'll talk about all that here at The Real Ghost Stories Online today. Also, want to hear your ghost stories. If you have one, please send it to us. You can email us. Go to our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Click on that Tell Us Your Ghost Story button. Send us your ghost story, and we may use it on a future episode. Or call it into us at 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802. Tell us your ghost story in two minutes or less, and we may use it on a future episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. Of course, please remember to share the show. If you like what you're hearing, tell a friend about it. Post us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, wherever. Let folks know that you like the show. Send me a screenshot back of where you shared the show, and I'll email you back directly a bonus episode that we've created simply as a thank you for sharing the show. You email Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, and uh, I will uh, give you that uh, that bonus episode, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com, as a direct thank you. So, All right, getting into... Today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. We'll kick it off with a caller to 855-853-4802. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Hi, you're on the air at Real Ghost Stories Online. There was an old mansion where I used to live in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And so there was about three or four of us that got together and every now and then the person that caretaker of it they let us go through well we have to find this one door and it was you would have never noticed it was a you know what what's the word i want to use it was uh, it looked like the wall but we pressed it and there was a wall and it opened up and we went through this little alleyway like in behind the wall sure so it was, it, it was a secret door yeah and oh my god we we were walking through it it gives me goosebumps thinking about it and there was cobwebs hanging down and everything and we got halfway through uh the little hallway and all of a sudden our because we had like a flashlight our flashlight went out now it's battery operated it went out and there was a breeze, you could feel it. It didn't take us long to get out of there. We and you were know. in a confined area where there wouldn't have been a way for a breeze to come in. No, it wasn't. That's it, 
That's it's very spooky. spooky. Uh, especially with a flashlight going out, because that's one of those things you always hear of if there's some sort of energy or entity in the area, it, it just sucks all the, the life out of, out of electronic devices, especially batteries. And it did. It just went off. And, and then when we turned around, we started running back where we come through. And we were, oh, I, I'd say maybe 20 feet from where we come in, the light come back on. It was like, oh, no, you ain't coming through here. You know? <laughs> it was spooky. I mean, it was crazy. And, and I was... I was probably about 14 at the time, mm-hmm. but I mean, it still sticks with you. It's like, oh my God, you're going through this secret, you know, hallway in behind everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, your light goes off and there was about four of us girls, my sisters and a friend of ours. And then, I mean, there was no way nobody could have done that. You know I mean? Cause we thought about it afterwards, but was there somebody in there? How would it do the flashlight? I wonder if whatever it was was trying to keep you away from something, and, and what what was it? Yeah, and we still to this day, we never went back. I don't blame you at all. Thank you for the call. If you have a real ghost story, please let us know about it. Go to our website, Real Ghost Stories Online. Click us, to t- click on the Tell Us Your Ghost Story button, or call in just like she did at 855-853-4802, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can leave your ghost story in two minutes or less, and we may play it back on a future episode, or even call you back uh, to hear more about your ghost story. Can I ask, can anyone shine a light on the theories of paranormal things happening to teenagers. I've heard this many, many, many times about the energy around teenagers that uh, for whatever reason, they seem to have more paranormal incidents happening to them because of, I I don't know if it has to do with the, the such rapid changes in their bodies you know you're going from a child essentially to an adult in a very short period of time and all that energy is being expelled is that the reason but it's something i've heard over and over again and it makes sense because so many ghost stories come from adults who said when i was uh some teen years old this happened to me and it makes me wonder is there something at that age that makes you more susceptible to it if you haven't any insight into that Email us uh, or email me, Tony, T-O-N-Y, at realghoststoriesonline.com. We can talk about that more in a future episode. Just something I've always been, uh, you know, wondering about because you, you, you hear that 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 also often. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about, uh, a recent trip when I was back in Wisconsin the other uh, week for my grandfather's funeral. Of course, what I did was I went and visited my favorite cemetery and took a ton of pictures um, I got the pictures to use for future episodes for our, our little graphic shots uh, of, of shows that we put up on YouTube and such. It's just, you know, it's good stuff. Um, I like to use original photography that we take and not try to get it from anywhere else uh, whenever possible. So anyway, I walked around my favorite cemetery. It's called Ryanzi Cemetery. And this is a cemetery in my hometown of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. And just your epitome of creepy, spooky, but really cool cemetery. It's it's really beautiful in fall with all the colors, big trees, even in, in, in early spring with not many leaves on the trees. Still a really pretty place to walk around, but still enough uh, little hint of creepiness just because of its age and some of the stones on the hills. And, and you'll, you'll see more pictures. I'll post them up on the website. But anyway... 
Just a really cool cemetery. I spent many years playing in the cemetery as a child. <laughs> I know, how sick is that? You know, my favorite playground, Ryanzi Cemetery. I would ride my bike there and walk around with a proton pack on pretending I was a Ghostbuster. Yeah, that is what I did. So as an adult, I like to go revisit it and take my children there and share my fond memories of childhood. <laughs> anyway, you're like, this man is, there's, this is, there's so much coming out on today's show. Um... Anyway, I, I ran into the uh, one of the curators of Ryanzi when we were uh, there. And it's someone I, I knew who's actually uh, the mother of someone I went to preschool with uh, who runs it. And I really give her credit for this, but I, I can see how some people may take this the wrong way. She's really encouraging the, the history of the cemetery to come out and for, for people to be excited about it and to visit the cemetery. They have these these walk-through nights and ghost walk-through nights and history walk-through nights where they, they, they tell the stories of the cemetery. And I think that's really neat. I think that's great. And, and she's also talking about doing more things in there like scavenger hunts and things of that nature through the cemetery. Now, this is the perfect cemetery if you're going to do something like that. But I'm wondering, is that appropriate for a cemetery? I think it's a generational thing. I really do. I could see the formality of an older generation saying that's not appropriate. It should be peaceful. It's a place of the dead and you respect it. And I, and I get that to a certain extent. But then I ask myself, okay, why should we not do that? Just because we shouldn't? Because we were told we shouldn't? Or... Where do you want to be? That's where I'm trying to look at it from that perspective of if I'm dead, I want my body in a place where people are able to enjoy themselves and not necessarily be there in complete grief all the time and sadness. I would rather have kids running around and playing and having a good time than just constant delirious sadness. I Because I had a great time running around playing in that cemetery. I would want to be in a place like that personally when I pass away. I don't know. What do you think? Is is there a line? Should there be more social activities in cemeteries? Because that's really what they're trying to do. And I could really see this becoming something in the future where it becomes a social activity thing in more cemeteries in the United States. You know, cemeteries in other countries, there's tours, there's things that go on there, and we think nothing of it. Oh, it's history. It's so old. We're not to that point yet of being that old, but... We are getting some older cemeteries that are very much worth touring and, and understanding the history of and having some fun. Is that appropriate? Will this be something that can catch on? I'm curious to uh, to hear what your thoughts are on that. I love the idea. Let's go to a ghost story letter now. This letter is the one I was talking about at the beginning of the show. It comes to us from someone who was working on a reality series, a reality pilot, and had a paranormal experience. It says, uh, Sorry for getting back to you late. I'm more than happy to share my experience on the pilot. Last year in March, a buddy of mine flew from Austin, Texas to work on a show with a friend. It was a paranormal investigation show, and as their pitch episode, they were going to try to solve or shine more light on the case of the Black Dahlia. The Black Dahlia is a nickname given to Elizabeth Short, who was murdered in Los Angeles, where I currently live. My friend called me up to see if I wanted to help with the show. He offered for me to work camera and audio. We went to a house in Beverly Hills where a lady, who was intrigued by the murder, lived. She opened her doors to us, and we got everything set up and ready to have a seance. When the time was right... 
the people that were there for the show was my buddy, his friend who was the director and a creator, a friend of his who was a producer, and a lady who owned the house. The director's ex-girlfriend who was a doctor working in L.A., another cameraman, and myself. The ex-girlfriend is from Ireland. And to my knowledge of spirits, Ireland is one of the biggest places for spiritual events. Even the people there are considered sensitives for being more influenced by spirits than in any other part of the world. She had no knowledge of the Black Dahlia murder and was only there to discuss what the injuries Short sustained contributed to her death. The first part of the show consisted of discussing the case as to what investigators had uncovered. The case has been unsolved for 67 years. After all was said and done for the first part of the show, we took a break and did cast interviews for expectations for the seance. Most of the cast were non-believers of spiritual happenings and readings of psychics. The ex-girlfriend was the only one who believed in the powers of spirits and was a bit uneasy of doing a seance, as this would be her first one. Aside from her, I was the only other believer on set that night when it all started. The director, the director got a psychic to come in to conduct the seance. Well, the psychic did the seance. The director, who dabbles in reading cards, was going to do some card readings. We had an EVP recording the seance from beginning to end. The psychic had requested to use someone's cell phone to use for the seance. She called the phone on her phone and had both on speaker, putting one phone close to her and the other on the other side of the room. She would use it to listen for the ghost in the feedback and sense its mood through the intensity of the feedback. As the seance started, all was going fine. It all seemed to go according to plan as nothing too special or extravagant happened from the psychic or the feedback loop. As the psychic made contact with the ghost of Elizabeth Short and people were asking questions to help find out more about the night she was kidnapped to the time she was murdered, a cold chill fell over the room. The ex suddenly got ice cold. The owner of the house was sitting next to her and felt her hand become icy to the touch. The ex then felt a sharp pain in the back of her head. The psychic lost contact with short spirits as the spirit was now connected to the ex. She heard the spirit tell her about walking home in the late December cold with a gentleman she had met that night. Then she felt a sharp pain it was someone who hit in the back of the head, knocking her unconscious. Everyone stopped what they were doing, except the director, who was still reading his cards as he dealt them out. It was a deck of ordinary playing cards. He would shuffle them and then lay down eight cards from the top. In general probability, they should be different every time as he would put the cards back in the deck and reshuffle them. When the seance ceased for a moment, the spirit was still in contact with the axe. We moved her over to the fireplace and lit it so she could warm up. She then began to feel a gash on her right leg, the spirit still telling her what the men did to her. As this was going on, my camera battery had died. It was fully charged and suddenly went completely dead. I brought a spare that day and charged it as well. I went to get it and put in my camera and turned it on. It should have been fully charged and ready to use. As I hit the record button on my camera, the battery went completely dead again. I took out my iPhone to try and film what was going on with her and halfway through the recording, my phone froze. 
It had never froze on me before that night, or even after that night. After a while, she calmed down, and it seemed the spirit let her be. We continued the seance. The director was still reading his cards. As the seance restarted, the spirit connected with the ex again, bringing her more pain in her stomach, head, and chest. Then she felt even more pain as the spirit was telling her when they cut her in half. The spirit then connected with the psychic after she pleaded to leave the ex alone. As they talked to the spirit more, another spirit entered the room. We knew it from the fact the feedback on both phones intensified and platitude to an ongoing noise that lasted three minutes. The other cameraman stated that most phones like the iPhone we were using had an automatic cutoff for feedback and noise volume. The iPhone's auto cutoff didn't kick in when it should have. After three minutes, both spirits were gone from the room and the house. The director then finally admitted that once the spirit connected with his ex, the cards he kept drawing were all the same numbers. The numbers, 5121, appeared every time he would draw eight cards. 20 out of 32 times those cards came out. The first 12 being random before the spirit connected with his ex. At the end of it, we did another round of cast interviews to get their take on the seance. All the non-believers remained non-believers regarding the events, making up logical explanations. They didn't, the ex didn't do an interview. She went straight home after the seance ended. Sadly, all the non-believers have had financial and personal troubles since then. The producer didn't want to push the show, and the director had had trouble pitching it and getting funding for another pitch episode. I was a believer when it all began and ended. While I haven't had a streak of good luck, I haven't had any troubles like my fellow crew members. I went on to get hired for several career-advancing jobs, and the thoughts and memory of that night have never left me. We didn't help Elizabeth Short much, but I do believe she's watching over us until her spirit can finally find peace and be put to rest. Thanks for hearing my story, Tony. I love the show and love listening to it every week. Even if my story doesn't make it on the show, I'll always be a loyal listener and supporter. Thank you so much for the kind words, and thank you for sharing that story. That is... That's... That is uh, a good one. And then that's, that's a very good one. It'll be very interesting to see that tape. And if you're you're still out there and you're still listening to the show, if there is any way... I know it's a pilot... Um, if it didn't get picked up or anything, did they end up posting it online anywhere? If they did, we I would love to share it. Um, or at least get a, a private link or something to watch it and share some thoughts uh, on the show or privately. That sounds like it would be really, really interesting to, uh, to see what transpired and what you did end up getting on, on the film, even when the, uh, even when the batteries went out. If you have a real ghost story, please give us a call, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802, or you can always send it to us through our website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Something I wanted to share about how we do this show every single week with the ghost stories that we are reading. I have not pre-read them. I, I like to be just as surprised as you are and have the questions come to me naturally about the situations as we go through them. I, I grab the stories, sometimes I skim them a little bit. The reason I knew the what was going on with that story 
was because I got an email from that gentleman saying, hey, I worked on a ghost show. I'd love to share my story. Uh, can I send it to you? So that's about all I knew. That's why I said we're going to read a story about that. But I had not pre-read the story. Um, I think that kind of adds a little element of surprise to the show. How about you? I enjoy being able to, to have that moment at the same time you guys are. And I kind of get that idea. And this is another thing that kind of throws back a little tribute back to the old Art Bell days of, of Ghost to Ghost AM with the completely unscreened callers. Sometimes you get some real gems that are just, you know, bizarro, scary stories. And sometimes you get some real duds. But it's all part of the show, I think. It's all part of what makes it, you know, so real, you know, for being real ghost stories. So... We ever we ever read a story and we end up walking away going, okay, yeah, that one was kind of, yeah. You were feeling that at the exact same time I was because we have those from time to time on the show as well. The phone number again, 855-853-4802, 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us. Here's another one. This one comes in uh, comes into us from Elba. Elba writes... A few years back, I had a great aunt who passed away from a lung problem. A great aunt was a nun for basically her whole life. She lived up to the nun name and was kind, gentle, and loving, especially to the family children. It was a tragedy when she passed, but a few months before she did, she gave me a special gift. She gave me a silver cross on a necklace. I never took it off. And after she passed away... It was even more dear to me. Three nights later, around 2 a.m., I hear my heavy wooden door open, and me being a light sleeper wakes me up. At first, I think it was my mother checking up on me. I thought nothing of it as I was trying to go back to sleep. I hear small squeaking. My dog, who is pregnant and having her puppies in the corner of my large room on her bed, when I went to check on her, She was having trouble with one of the larger puppies, as it was her first litter. I went to go wake my mother and told her about our dog giving birth. As I stood over my mother, assisting my dog, I asked her if she came to check up on me earlier. She told me no. As you saw, I was asleep. My heart skipped a beat. I know no slight breeze or anything could have opened my door. It was heavy and the knob was a bit hard to turn. Even the children in my family could not open the door on their own. As a habit of fidgeting with the cross necklace that I always wore, I always felt was my bare skin. I looked at my bed, thinking I might have yanked and tore the thin chain in my sleep, but looking around in panic, When I could not see it between my sheets, I looked down on my carpet floor. In the middle of my room was my necklace, perfectly placed and displayed on the floor, neither torn or unclasped. I was glad my mother was there to witness what had happened, or else people would have thought I was crazy or imagining things. But I knew that my aunt did one more good in this world. I believe it was her who opened the door and woke me. If it wasn't for that, my dog and all her puppies would have not made it. It's very interesting, a spirit coming for good to let someone know about another being in distress. I believe that. I, I, I totally believe that. It's, it's one of those good ghost stories, if you will. We hear so many stories on the show that are kind of dark, 
which I personally kind of like. And and sometimes we hear stories like that, which is, you know, it's good to hear. And it, it further, I think, confirms my belief and my feeling that there are so many different type of entities out there uh, on, on the other side. You know, just like there's so many different types of people out there on our side. But it makes you wonder... Are there good and bad ghosts that were once people? And then there's, is there a mixture then of other things as well that were never people, uh, angels and demons? Even more to deal with on the other side, if you will. I wonder, do we interact on that level if we're a ghost? Or do they only interact with us? That's the question. Another letter today comes into us from Zoe. Zoe writes and calls his story the black dog. When I was at the age of 15, I was living with my mother and my stepmother in a small town. We had lived on the main strip and you could hear cars pass by throughout the day and night. The house was a ranch style home with both the master bedroom and my bedroom facing the main street. One late night I awoke suddenly and even to this day I don't know why. I remember sitting up suddenly looking out the window that faced the main street and another street that intersects with it. Of course, my blinds were down and closed, but I had this desire, this need to open them. I felt compelled. I admit I was frightened, but I got out of bed and made my way to the window. I grabbed the string and slowly began to pull up the blinds in there, and the intersection of the two roads was a large black dog. It sat there, right in the middle, looking away from me. I was shocked at first, worried that the dog would get hit, since the road usually had cars moving back and forth. Yet, I noticed there were no vehicles coming or going. I watched the dog for a long moment. He was shaggy, unkempt, and huge. I just remember watching him, wondering what he was doing just sitting in the road. That's when he turned and looked right at me. His eyes, they weren't normal. And you would think, at the distance my window was in the dark that I wouldn't have been able to see his eyes, but I did. They seemed to either glow or were refracting light off of them. He just stared at me. Didn't even move, just stared. I jumped back and yanked down my blinds. I was so freaked out of this animal and its behavior. I waited for a moment and slowly peered through the blinds again, and at this point the dog was gone. Mind you, the next morning I looked around the neighborhood for such a dog and from that day to this day, I moved out. I never saw the dog again. Six months after my incident, my brother died in a horrible car accident. It was only years later that I find out what the black dog myth was. To this day, I believe it was a warning. The black dog myth. That's one I've not heard of. Let's... Let's see what we can find on the black dog myth. I'm assuming it's something to do with... A black dog that's going to do something bad or is an omen of some sort. The black dog is a name given uh, to a being found primarily in folklores in British, the British Isles. Uh, the black dog is essentially a nocturnal apparition, often said to be associated with the devil or hell-bound. Its appearance is regarded as a portent of death. There you go. They're generally supposed to be larger than a normal dog, okay. Often has large glowing eyes, check. 
and it's associated with electrical storms. Okay, I don't know if there's a storm going on there. Uh, and also with crossroads, places of execution, and ancient pathways. Well, there you go. That's the uh, Black Dog myth. It sounds like it's uh, an omen of sorts. There you go. I'm going to be really paranoid now every time I see a black dog. They're like, oh, it's an omen. It's a black dog. And it comes over and licks your face. My little girl goes, puppies. Puppies. No, honey, it's a black dog of death. Puppy. No, black dog of death. Don't, don't touch it. Puppies. That's. That's how it works. It really is. <laughs> she she's on this puppy kick where anytime she's a dog or anything, puppies. It's the cutest thing in the world, even if it is the black dog of death, you know? <laughs> if you have a real ghost story, send it to us. 855-853-4802 is a number you can call to share it as well. The way you send it to us is by going to our website at Real Ghost Stories Online, clicking that tell us your ghost story button and writing in and we may share your story on a future episode here at Real Ghost Stories online.com and that's how it works my friends of course please do share the show I cannot beg you enough seriously I, I really I really can't beg you enough uh, and I won't but please do share let a friend know about it Facebook Twitter send us a screenshot of where you shared it you email me Tony at real ghost stories online.com T-O-N-Y at real ghost stories online.com and you do that I reply back to you personally with a link to a bonus episode that's unpublished just for you as a thank you uh, for sharing the show. All right. So until next time, from Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>